0: Good morning, this is Christine de Giacomo, and today's morning briefing is called The Last Supper. At sundown of the same day, thirteen men met to celebrate the Passover in an upper room in a house on Mount Zion, in the northeast corner of Jerusalem. In the tall roof chamber the only furnishings were rattan divans and a long oaken table on which tall candles were burning. Can you see it? During the afternoon, their sacrificial lamb had been properly and ritually killed in the forecourt of the temple sanctuary. Soon now, when the day of the Passover was legally come, the roasted lamb would be eaten. With the twilight came a new day, beginning when the sun went down, an analogy full of hope. Do you feel it? In spite of the warnings Jesus had given the twelve, none of them realized or was willing to believe that this would be their last meal together. They were still too earthbound to grasp, as they would later, the great historical realities of the drama in which they were actors playing as a group a major role. No doubt some in the room had noticed that a strange mood had fallen on the treasurer and keeper of the bag. Tonight the son of Simon Iscariot seemed afflicted with melancholy. There was in him none of the spirit which should dominate the meal. Pale, glassy-eyed, it was as if Judas were looking upon some dire vision, visible only to him. Jesus sat at the table, surrounded by the twelve familiar faces. I have eagerly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. Jesus emphatically told them, For I tell you, I will not eat it again until it finds fulfillment in the kingdom of God. And then, after a long silence, he lifted his voice in one of the Psalms of David, which was familiar to all of them. The first of four cups of wine was passed, and blessed. Blessed be thou, O Lord our God, thou King of the world, who has created the fruit of the vine. And the Kiddush cup of blessing was drunk. Each had his portion of the bitter herbs, endive, and lettuce dipped into a compote of almonds, nuts, and figs. By the color of these fruits they were reminded of the bricks which their ancestors had to make without straw. With this bitter dish, they again ate the bread of misery, the matzah, to remind them of the hasty flight out of Egypt. The cup of judgment recalls this bitter time for the Hebrews. Then they ate the lamb and drank a third cup, which, as good and religious Jews, they all knew to be the cup of redemption. He who would be their redemption passed them the cup This night. Right then, Jesus stopped and told them that one among them was about to betray him. And while the men looked from person to person trying to decide who could do such a thing, the guilty one had a chance to reconsider the deal he had struck with those seeking to apprehend the Lord. He it is to whom I shall reach bread dipped, Jesus answered. And then the master dipped a morsel of bread in the dish of lamb and gravy, and then very quietly held it towards Judas. The voice of the treasurer trembled as he gasped. Is it I, master? You have said it, answered Jesus. Even then he could not keep the pity from his eyes. That which you do, do quickly. Judas ate the morsel quickly and then ran from the room, with the door slamming loudly behind him. Silence hung in the room for a while. Jesus then took the bread and broke it, passing a piece to each of the eleven as he said, Take you and eat. This is my body. They ate together. Then he took the chalice and filled it with wine, like Melchizedek had once offered the liturgical sacrifice of bread and wine, in the very beginning days. Once Jesus had given thanks and passed the chalice of wine, he said, Drink you all of this, for this is my blood of the New Testament, which shall be shed for many for the remission of sins. Do this for a commemoration of me. This was the cup of praise, and alas, the Lord's Supper was born. Such a night was this! Yet, the disciples' understanding was so limited. Our Lord shows himself to be the fulfillment of the symbolism of the Passover meal, the ultimate pesach, sacrificial lamb, slain once for all. The Apostle Paul later instructs believers to examine themselves before they partake of this meal, so as not to incur judgment. Confession is cathartic. Confession is right, and it is good for our souls. May I invite you today, right now, to bow your head and ask your gracious Lord if there is anything that stands between you and Him. If something comes to mind, something pricks your conscience, confess to Him it's wrong, and ask Him for forgiveness of your sin. From Psalm 139, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. See if there be any sinful way in me. Be quiet a moment and listen. Does he have anything to say to you? Do you have a hard heart? A sharp tongue? Is there anything he might put his finger on and say, Now that child should go. If so, get rid of it. Clear your conscience and ask for forgiveness. Then accept His mercy and let your soul be refreshed. Because if we confess our sin, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sin and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That's a promise, you know. To fully enter into the reverence of Holy Week, we do well to have our leaven purged to allow a holy God to purge sin from our being.